Christ. It's by virtue of our relationship with Jesus that we can find ourselves blessed. But we need to expand, I think, the scope when you look at what is further stated here in this prayer. We need to expand the scope of our understanding of what it means to be blessed by God. A couple of thoughts come to mind. James chapter 1 and verse 17. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. Every good thing given, every perfect gift. And again, we want to take our thoughts to spiritual matters, spiritual blessings, relationships, thoughts, maybe the strength that comes from God. But what about the physical? Does God bless us insofar as the physical realm is concerned? We find a prayer of the Apostle John in 3 John verse 2. It's a prayer that he offered on behalf of his brother, the beloved Gaius. And you'll notice in 3 John verse 2, this is his prayer. Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. So you see the separation between the spiritual and the physical. He makes mention of the fact that his soul was prospering. Well, that's a spiritual blessing. But he also prays that you may prosper in all respects and that you may be in good health. And again, I, 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 I point this out simply to say that when we go to God, we need to understand that God is our Heavenly Father and He's going to bless us spiritually, but it's not beyond the scope of prayer and beyond the scope of a proper understanding of what it means to be blessed by God to also pray for good health, to pray for better health, to pray for a better economic situation in life, if that is something, if that's an area in which you are struggling. In Matthew chapter 7, on the subject of prayer, Jesus taught his disciples, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. You see, the, pro the, the progression of desire expressed, ask, seek, and knock. Just keep on. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. Or what man is there among you when his son asks for a loaf, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, he will not give him a snake, will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask him? Jabez had a relationship with God. He had an understanding of what that relationship brought into his life. He knew that he could go to his heavenly father and he could not only seek, but he could receive a blessing. God granted him what he requested. What do you think that looked like? Maybe it was better health. Maybe it was more money. Maybe it was a better job. Maybe, maybe it was better relationships. 
Maybe it was a better influence upon others. Maybe it was a better prayer life. Maybe it was a, a deeper understanding of God's nature. Whatever the blessing was, he asked for it. And he received it. You'll also notice in the prayer, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my border. Now, some would say that this has to do with the territory that he possessed. Well, if you think about it, the land was a part of their inheritance and each tribe received a certain portion of land. But they couldn't receive more land than that to which they were entitled. So to enlarge his border would have been to ask something that God would not have given. He would have given him only a certain allotment of land. Perhaps there was something involved in that. But most of the commentaries you read on this expression, enlarge my border, has more to do or points to the fact that he was asking for greater opportunity. He was wanting greater opportunity to serve. If he's more honorable than his brothers, and if he has this relationship with God such that he would seek God's blessing, then he would be seeking opportunity to serve God. He would be seeking opportunities to have a greater influence upon those within his sphere of influence, upon those with whom he had to do. That needs to be a focal point of our prayer life. In Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10, Paul wrote to those in the churches of Galatia, while we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, and especially to those who are of the household of the faith. Well, that was important to Paul. That was important to New Testament disciples. While we have opportunity, perhaps if we don't see the opportunity, we're not looking for it, but maybe we're not asking God to enlarge our borders, asking God to give us more opportunity to help all men, but especially those of the household of faith. Are you praying consistently and are you praying constantly that God would enlarge your border, that he would give you greater opportunity? Now, this also would point us in the direction of spiritual opportunities to influence the lives of others. In Colossians chapter 4 and verse 3, Paul asked those in the church at Colossae to devote themselves to prayer, but also to pray for him. Praying at the same time for us as well that God will open up to us a door for the word so that we may speak forth the mystery of Christ for which I have also been in prison. Well, you, you, read, the, you read about Paul's life. You look at how often Paul had opportunities to evangelize and to preach and to teach. And yet this is the prayer of Jabez, isn't it? Enlarge my border. I want more opportunity. When is the last time you asked God to bring someone into your life who is seeking God, who is looking for salvation? Ask God for that opportunity. In Acts chapter 14, I love the, the language that we read in the New Testament with respect to these, these matters of, of, of evangelizing and teaching and preaching. When, when Paul came back from one of his missionary journeys, they gathered the church together. They began to report all things that God had done with them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. 
I believe they prayed that God would open those doors. I believe that they prayed that God would enlarge their borders and give them greater opportunities. What about at the local church level? What is it that we are to be about? In Revelation chapter 3, when, when Jesus was sending these different letters to the different congregations, in Revelation chapter 3, the, the letter to the church at Sardis, what do we read there in verse 8? I know your deeds. Behold, Jesus says, I have put before you an open door which no one can shut. Maybe they pray for that open door. God did that because he said, you have a little power. You have kept my word. You have not denied my name. Well, if we go through those steps, knowing that we have power, we have the gospel, knowing that we have kept the word, knowing that we have not denied his name, where are the opportunities? The Lord said, I'll put that opportunity before you. Maybe we're just not praying for it. As a congregation, shouldn't we come together? And in our prayers, sometimes we say, well, I, I think I've ran out of things to pray for. <laughs> when is the last time you, you heard prayer being offered? Bring to us those who are seeking salvation. Continuing and back once more in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, in his prayer, he asked God that your hand might be with me. What comes to your mind when you see that expression? The hand signified strength. God's right hand is, is the strength of God. His prayer was that God would strengthen him. God would help him to become stronger, to be more spiritual, to be more focused, to have a greater influence, to, to, to take what he knows about the truth, to, to apply it not only to his own life, but to apply it to the lives of others and to share it with them. You see this in, in Paul's prayer excuse me, for the, the church in Ephesus. In, in Ephesians chapter 3, Paul writes, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. He's praying to God, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened. He was praying for their strength, that you would be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ. He was asking God to strengthen them through God's Spirit, the things that the Spirit had revealed. He was asking God to strengthen them so that Christ would dwell in their hearts he was asking God to strengthen them so that they would be rooted and grounded in love. He was asking that God would strengthen them so that they would be able to comprehend the love of God, the love of Christ. And all of that works together to strengthen us. And then in verse 20, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. You see, this is all about being stronger. It's all about being more faithful. It's all about being a greater influence. 
Does that matter to you? Do you not need more strength? Are you doing everything within your power? Are you availing yourself of every opportunity to grow closer to God, closer to your brothers and sisters in Christ, to become stronger, to become a better disciple of Jesus? Are you praying for that? In Colossians chapter 1, we read of another prayer of the Apostle Paul for another congregation. In Colossians chapter 9 and verse uh, chapter 1 and verse 9, for this reason also, since the day we have heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that they would know more about the revelation of God so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. That's, that's strength. To please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all, all power, according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience, joyously giving thanks to the Father. Does any of that describe you? Does any of that describe me? Look at, look at, look at your life. Are, are you walking in a manner worthy of the Lord? Are you pleasing Him? Are you bearing fruit? Are you increasing in knowledge? Are you steadfast? Are you patient? Are you joyously giving thanks? Does that not sound like the kind of life you would want to live? The person that you would want to be, but I'm not, will pray for it. God granted the prayer of Jabez. And he'll do the same for us. When did God start answering prayer? <laughs> if, if you lack faith and you lack confidence in that, tell me, when did he stop answering prayer? In 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 16, you, you read in the, the, the life of the Apostle Paul, toward the end of his life, he, he writes at my first defense, no one supported me, but all deserted me. May it not be counted against them. But then he says in verse 17, but the Lord stood with me and he strengthened me so that through me the proclamation might be fully accomplished and that all the Gentiles might, might hear and I was rescued out of the lion's mouth. God answered his prayer. He sought strength from God. And he said, the Lord stood with me. Do you think that was some physical manifestation of the Lord's presence? Presence? Or was that just the knowledge in his mind that God was there? And then the final observation I would make about the prayer of Jabez. He states that you would keep me from harm that it may not pain me. Now that's an interesting thought, isn't it? What did his name mean? His mom named him, his mother named him Jabez because he was born with pain. And now he's saying, keep pain from me. I, I, I don't want my name to signify what my life is about. He sought protection, protection that would come from God. He didn't want to be protected from God. He wanted protection that comes from God. Is that an appropriate prayer request? In the spiritual realm, it's very appropriate. In Matthew chapter 6, when Jesus was teaching his disciples to pray, 
He taught them to pray, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I've always struggled with that. Well, why would, why would I ask for something that in my mind I'm thinking God would never do? Would God lead me into temptation? Would he lead me to evil? He'll deliver me from it. He'll keep me from it. He'll provide a way of escape. And if I want to seek protection from God, I need to be familiar enough with his revelation so that I can identify temptation. I need to be aware enough of my own weaknesses so that I will not allow myself to be put in those situations of temptation. And then when God opens that door, that way of escape, I need to walk through it. Now, all along that process, you know you're weak. You know your weaknesses. Pray. Pray that God will strengthen you. That not only will he show you the way of escape, but that he'll give you the strength to take it. In 2 Peter chapter 2, when Peter was writing about the rise of false prophets and how God did not spare the angels, he did not spare Sodom and Gomorrah, he writes about Lot. We've talked a lot about this in the Genesis class. But he writes about Lot, whose righteous soul vexed him day and night, but then in verse 9 he states, 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, that the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from temptation. Well, sure he does. <laughs> that's, that's not rocket science. Well, I need to pray for protection that only God can provide so that I'll be rescued from temptation. He knows how to rescue me. Maybe I'm not being rescued as frequently as I would like because I'm not asking God keep me from harm that it may not pain me. Even within the physical realm. In 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7 we're admonished to cast all of our anxiety on him. Because he cares for us. Well, I'm anxious, perhaps, about spiritual matters. But sometimes that anxiety also comes into play when it comes to my economic situation, my, my job situation. Maybe it comes into play when it comes to the matter of my health. I may be anxious about many things that would fall into those different areas. I should pray that God would keep me from harm. He granted Jabez's request, and he'll do the same for us. And in Psalm chapter 55, which this is a parallel passage, and really the one that we, I think, is uh, quoted by Peter in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7, but in Psalm 55 and verse 22, cast your burden upon the Lord. Why? He will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous 
And that's what's under discussion in this chapter. It's the righteous. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. Just give me that. <laughs> Don't give me anything else in life, but give me that one. Is that on your bucket list? Then maybe you should pray for it. That God would never allow you to be shaken. Because you know what that looks like and you know what that feels like and you know what life is like when life shakes you up. It's not a good place to be, is it? Jabez prayed, keep me from harm. He sought protection from God. Does this describe your prayer life? Does it describe my prayer life? We have work to do when it comes to the matter of prayer. And on that note, let's now go to God in prayer. We bow with me. Our Heavenly Father will come before you once again as we come to the close of one lesson in one service and open another. Father, we thank you for all the things that you've given us, all the many blessings, the ability to be here this morning, the health that you've given us. And Father, we especially thank you for the ability to pray to you, come to you and, and ask for you, ask for anything.